Before we get into today's broadcast, I want to let you know about a special gift I have for you. I am so excited that we are walking together through the book of Hebrews. Friends, we're going chapter by chapter, phrase for phrase, sometimes word for word. And I want to send you a Hebrews Bible journal. This would allow you to take your own sermon notes as we study together. You can journal your prayers, and I know this is going to be a great complement to your study through the book of Hebrews with us. If you go to my website, awakenedtograce.com, find the Hebrews Bible Journal link, and when you give a generous gift of any amount, then I will send you this Hebrews Bible Journal that I know is going to enrich your walk with the Lord and your study of Scripture. Welcome to today's edition of Awaken to Grace. We are in our great study of Hebrews, and today we're talking about Jesus, the Creator. Let me ask you this, my friends. Why is the idea, the doctrine, the teaching, the belief of creationism so important to God? What is at stake for this culture if people do not look to God, do not believe in God as their creator. Well, I think it's one of the most important plays in Satan's playbook, and I'm going to explain all of that in today's broadcast. I think God, I think it's so important to God that we see him, that we worship him, and that we acknowledge him as our creator. And we're going to explain that today out of Hebrews chapter 1. Verse number 10 today, I want to talk about Jesus, the creator God. I want to ask the question, what is at stake if people today does not believe in God as the creator? And I want to answer that question with the scriptures. What is at stake for your own children who most likely are being indoctrinated with evolution? What is at stake for your college students? What is at stake for your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren as they are growing up in a godless culture with the spirit of this age at work and extremely active? What is at stake for believers to drift from the word of truth and to lose sight that God is who he says he is. And what is at stake for our families? I'm going to answer that clearly with the scriptures today. If I were to ask you, what would you suppose is the greatest sin of this culture? I wonder what you would say. What would you say is... Our greatest sin, I would say arrogance. That's what I would say. 
I would say that arrogance in this society, arrogance among our generation is probably at its height against God Almighty. And what I love about these scriptures that you and I have spent so many weeks investing in, today is our seventh week in chapter one alone. I love that it destroys arrogance. If you let it, if you allow it, it will destroy pride in your life. And what it will do is it will take you, it will take all idolatry in in your life, it will take you off the throne of your life, and it will put Jesus in his proper place. Namely, above all things, including you, including me. These scriptures will align us like nothing else if we let it. So verse number 10, I want you to note it with me. Verse number 10, and you, Lord, this is a direct quote out of Psalm 102, and you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. Oh, I like that. In the beginning. Now, does this say a big bang right there? No, it doesn't. And you, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning. The heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish. You remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like a robe, you will roll them up, and like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the what? The same. What do we just sing today? Same God. And your years will never come to an end. I want us to stop there. Now, if you're going to take notes today, I want to share with you many things that I hope you will note for to go back and to just enjoy the scriptures and enjoy the depths of what we're going to talk about today. Number one, I want you to note that it was God who laid the foundation of the earth. Now, the writer of Hebrews is going to give a great contrast. I want you to write this down. He's going to contrast creation to the creator. And what the author is going to do, he's actually going to answer a question that probably arises out of verse 4. If you remember, we spent so many weeks in only verses 1 through 3. We talked about Jesus, the language of God. We talked about Jesus, appointed heir of all things. We talked about Jesus, the radiance of God's glory. We talked about Jesus, uh, the purification for sins. And then in week five, when we came to verse four, we called that Jesus better than the angels. And what does verse, verse four say? He has been given a name, he has inherited a name that is more excellent than the angels. Well, some may ask, then what name is that? If you continue to follow the logic of the text, verse 5, Christ is called the Son. 
which is reinforced again in verse 2. In these last days, how does God speak to us? Through his Son. So what name has Christ been given better than the angels? What name is more excellent than the angels? Verse 5, that he is the Son of God. Verse number 8, that he in fact is God. Last week, we talked about how that affirms the deity of Jesus Christ, God the Father affirming and quoting that Christ the Son is God. And now here we are, verse 10, he is called Lord. Do you see? What name has Christ been given? Son, verse 5. God, verse 8. Lord, verse 10. Now, he's going to... Ascribe to the Lord that he laid the foundations of the earth. Did you know over 25 times the scriptures have this phrase, the foundation of the earth? This is a big deal to the Lord. And I want it to be a big deal to us today. I want us to understand the gravity of this. I want us to feel the weight of what the scriptures is saying to us. That the Lord formed. He laid the foundation of the earth. And that the heavens are the work of his hands. Now why does this matter? I want you to go to 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 19 for a moment. I want to show you why this matters. What is at stake that you and I believe in creation? What is at stake that we do not believe that the universe by random chance just formed on its own? I think when I engage in a conversation with someone who they do not believe in a creator, I think it's the most silly thing I have ever heard in all of my life. Do you know the building that we are gathered in right now was built in the 1930s? Did you know it was that old? It don't look like it, does it? We've done a good job with it. The building was built in the 1930s. I don't know the name of the builder. I don't know the name of the engineer or the construction company. I don't know who created this building that we now own and that we call our home. How silly of a notion would it be if I tried to convince you that this building just came of its own? You would say, Chad, you have lost your mind. Well, no, seriously. Millions of years ago. It's amazing. No, do you know why I know that there was a person who designed this building because I see the evidence of the design. It takes more faith to not believe in a creator when you can see the creation than to believe in random chance. That's silly if you ask me. But let me show you why the stakes are much more important. Let me show you why the stakes are higher than just, oh, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, if, if my kids, you know, lean toward, you know, they don't believe in creation and it's, it's, I don't, it's not that big of a deal. Let me show you why biblically it's a big deal. First Peter chapter four, 
verse 19. Someone give me the first word or two. Well, that's helpful, Wayne. Thank you, brother. The Lord, uh, the Lord bless you. Uh, that gift of helps kicking in. Uh, therefore, what? Oh, so, oh, 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 that's a big word right there. If, let those who suffer uh, because of your own dumb decisions. Oh, no, I don't want to suffer because of that. Although sometimes we do, right? But those who suffer because you made poor choices, uh, sometimes we do, but no. No, this is different. Let those who suffer according to what? The will of God. Sometimes when there's a bigger plan happening than what you realize, amen. But what does it say? For those who suffer, for those who go through hardships, those who are enduring difficult things, what does it say? We can entrust our soul to the what? To the creator. Oh, do you see that? Let me tell you what is at stake. When people do not believe in the creator, when people do not believe in the creation account, let me tell you what's at stake. The trustworthiness of God is what is at stake. And what Satan has so masterfully done in this generation is he has brought a play out of his playbook of deception that is unprecedented. And now people no longer see God as creator. And do you know what the long-term ramifications of that truly is? They no longer see God as their ultimate judge. People who do not see God as their creator will not see God as their ultimate judge. And what will happen when they stand at the great white throne judgment and their name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life? The stakes, in my view, are quite high. The ramifications are so heavy that we're talking eternity. So what does the scripture say? No, you and I can entrust our soul. Now think of that. Do you know why it's so important for you to understand God as creator? Because friends, who created your soul? The Lord Jesus Christ. And what part of you is going to live forever? Not your flesh, your soul. That immaterial part of you that's created in the very image of God Almighty, that is going to live forever and ever. Is it any wonder then that the scriptures say, Do not fear man who can destroy the body, but fear God who can destroy the what? The soul. Well, what fear of God is there in this culture that says God is not creator? Am I making any sense today? See, you and I live in very, very choppy waters right now. We live in very unchartered waters right now. I tell you, people who I pray for probably more often than any other people that I pray for, 
It's those who struggle with their identity. I pray so often and so regular for transgenders. Do you know why? Because I cannot imagine the hole that is within a human heart to tell its creator, you made a mistake with me. And I am not who you made me. Do you see the hole that is in our culture? The hole, the gaping hole that is in this society. And here we are, church, with the truth of the word of God right here at our fingertips. But can we articulate it? Can we express it? Can we love it into action? Can we live it out in our daily lives? Can we live it out in the mission of our church? Can we live it out in the spreading of the gospel? Friends, this may seem like first base to many people, but let me tell you what a critical step it is to not overlook that Jesus is the creator God. And when our culture gets out of line on that, I'm telling you we're going to be out of line on every single thing as we see unfolding before our very eyes. Is that right or wrong? Jesus as creator God. But you, Lord, you, found, you, you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Why is it so important that you and I believe this creation account? Because if Christ isn't creator, then he's not judge. And oh, how many people in our day will not be prepared to stand before the judge because they overlooked him as their creator. Then look what he says. He says, speaking of the heavens that are the work of his hand and the earth that is, he laid the foundation of in the beginning. Then look what he says, verse 11. They will perish. Now, that's a stunning statement. That is contrary to what most scientists believe today. They believe that as the universe is expanding, that things are getting better. Do you think things are getting better? Natural logic tells us that if you just let something be, it does not get better. It grows worse. Clean out a junk drawer and just leave it alone, and then what happens? It still gets worse. Things do not get better. They wear out. They grow old. They get worse. How many of you know that with our own bodies? They begin to wear out, do they not? Isn't this what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5? Paul said that he compared our bodies to that of a tent. And he said these tents, they, they wear out. But he said, but the real you is your soul. And Paul said, even though the outward may be wasting away, the inward man is being renewed day by day. And Paul says, one day we are going to discard this tent and one day we're going to put on the house of God. In other words, your soul is going to have a glorified body. 
But things aren't growing better with you, are they? No, they're wearing out. Now, why is this? Why does God's creation wear out? Friends, it's because of the curse of sin. And do you not know, do you not realize that the curse of sin is in, very, is in the very creation itself? For the scriptures say that creation itself groans. Literally, creation groans because of the curse of sin that humanity has brought into the world. This is fascinating to me. So he says, when it comes to the creation that God made, he laid the foundations of the earth. He created the heavens. They're the work of his hands. But listen, they're going to perish. The earth is not going to last forever. The universe is not going to last forever. It is growing old. And it is wearing out. But what is the point of the writer? He's saying he's doing the contrast between creation and between the creator. And when he contrasts, he says creation is going to perish. The heavens are going to perish. The earth is going to perish. It is all going to pass away. But God remains. Is there a clearer contrast? So coming up. Next weekend, on April 22nd, it's a big day for many people in our culture. It's Earth Day. Earth Day. (laughs) How should a Christian feel about Earth Day? Well, let me warn you. You and I are not to worship creation. Now, should we be responsible with creation? Yes. Just as we are to be responsible with our bodies. Just because our bodies are going to perish at one point, should we mistreat it and abuse it? No, it's the temple of the Lord. God doesn't want us to abuse our bodies. But should we worship our flesh? Should we worship ourselves? No. And neither should we creation. So if you are someone that you are very passionate about climate, you're very passionate about the earth, You're someone that you feel a strong connection to the earth. Well, that's fine. Give God glory for what he has created. But don't glory the creation. Glory the creator. Anything other than that is idolatry. And to love creation. And to honor creation above its creator is idolatry. One of the greatest takeaways that I gained out of our study of the book of Revelation that I had never seen until we went verse by verse through Revelation. What a thrilling journey that was. took us so long, we put it into three parts. But in the middle, when the trumpet judgments and the and the, uh, the, the seal judgments and the trumpet judgments and the bowl judgments... When they are poured out upon the earth during the tribulation, do you know what those judgments primarily are? They are judgments upon the earth. God is going to scorch the grass. He's going to change the quality of the air. He's going to uh, judge the water. He's going to judge the trees. Why? The sun. Why? 
Because people today worship the climate. I don't know if you pay attention to what's happening today, but climate change is becoming a religion. And I don't know if you're noticing that, but it is. And you know why we are watching it become a religion? Because I'm telling you, it is going to be the religion of the tribulation period. And what God is going to do during the seven-year tribulation period is he is going to pour his wrath out on the inhabitants of the earth as well as the earth itself. Why? Because we've made a God out of it. And because we've worshipped creation over the creator. And if you'll listen to the news and if you'll pay attention to the climate of not only America but the world, I mean other nations, if you pay attention and you look at it through the lens of the scriptures, you will see very quickly that climate change is becoming a religion. And they are devout about it. Friends, don't get swept up in it. You and I are to worship God alone and not his creation. Can we say amen to that? So notice the contrast. He says, everything is going to perish, yet God is going to remain. If you want to write this down, there's a beautiful doctrine about God called the doctrine of immutability. That means God never changes. Have you signed up for my weekly devotional email? Every Tuesday, I send out a devotion that will help you grow in your faith. Go to my website, awakentograce.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and when you sign up and submit your email, you'll get a direct message from me every Tuesday. Sign up today at awakentograce.com.